Pastor Begg of Truth For Life, heard daily and weekends on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. So what is the amount that you can safely withdraw at retirement? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, if you got a question, I have a resource for that question. You can go to the website at prudentmoney.com. Once you get to the website, just make sure that you go to the Q&A section and or also known as Ask Bob and uh, send your question and we'll get you taken care of. Now, there's sometimes we, we start to realize there's sometimes that the question is a lot more involved. There's a lot more moving parts that an email just quite, quite will not to take care of it. So we've been setting up online different time periods throughout the week. Sometimes the weeks get filled up and uh, we have to go to a couple weeks into the future. But those time periods are there for you to to put yourself, to, to fill in your name and your information and, and, and uh, reserve that spot so we can talk on the phone and I can help you further. Why am I doing this? Because you, what I have found to be the, one of the most important aspects of this whole journey of stewardship is to have a resource to go to if, you, if you're not with a financial planner or for, for whatever reason and you just need advice and you or you need to understand how something works. I have dedicated time each week to that cause. So it's all there for you uh, to, to uh, take advantage of and uh, just try it out. There's a lot of people who have done it so far and uh, hopefully it's been a blessing and it's been a good resource. That's all at the website, prudentmoney.com. Well, a pop culture finance writer publishes an article telling you why a 4% withdrawal rate is a bad idea. Now, amongst the pop culture finance community, there are there's the section of the, of the community that says, absolutely, you can draw 4% year in, year out, no, no problem. Of course, that's kind of what you would expect them to say because everything, remember, works kind of in absolute truths. Then there's this faction that uh, says it doesn't work and it's a bad idea. Actually, not a very big faction, but uh, a smaller percentage of people in the pop culture finance community uh, call it a bad idea. And... Uh, Wondering, wondering where I, as, as I come from the other side of the story, I say they're both right. And uh, here, but here is a little, or let me say this first before I read you what you wrote. The whole idea is that you have to, in the planning phases, determine how much are you, that you're going to withdraw from investments to go along with Social Security, uh, pension if you got it, annuity if you income rider if you if you have it, to make 
to have several streams of, uh, of income to pay for your expenses. And of course, you've got to figure out what you think those expenses are going to be. And that's, that's done well in advance. And then uh, you just you work to, to make the numbers make sense so that you can, you can use the plan on an everyday basis and plan for the time we call retirement. So that's so in the the academic uh, community, there's always going to be a, a debate on on, on any, any of these. I think so. Here's what this this uh, gentleman had to say: the four percent rule works as a back of the napkin analysis of how much an investor or a couple can withdraw annually to stretch those savings to last about 30 years. However, it fails to provide the nuanced, personalized, hacks-aware and technology-informed approach you take with your clients seeking advice on transforming their accumulated savings into a retirement income stream. The, and I'm not really even sure what, I know obviously I know what he's, he's saying in this, this article, but I, I'm having a hard time understanding where he's going with it. And then he goes into just this one example of when a spouse dies. And of course, everything changes. The Social Security arrangement changes. The probably the expenses and uh, some of that changes. So the best way to do this is to have your financial advisor or have one that that is capable of doing this to go into retirement, or as I like to call it, the, the choice of financial independence, where it is your choice not to earn an income from work, but to, uh, where well, let me say, say it this way, it, it, it is your choice to whether or not you do earn an income. So you could continue to work, volunteer, it just depends on if you have to earn an income or not, or if you have that income taken care of from a financial independence account. The, the reason why I like the phrase of financial independence is because it, it, to me, it exemplifies where people are at retirement. Retirement is kind of one of those, those uh, phrases that means to start to back off and do things differently, slow down, uh, lead a leisurely lifestyle. I don't know very many people who do that in retirement. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, th I always look at it this way. It's the one opportunity that you'll have in this lifetime that for most people that you can serve God without any distractions and commitments. Now think about that for a second. We have to earn money. We have to take care of, of bills where, as they say, enslaved to the lender, and Proverbs says that, or you're just, you know, making a, an income for your family, and uh, at some point you're not going to need that income paid out to you from a job. So that's true financial independence. Now, to me, you shift into financial independence or, or, or I want to call financial independence execution and you see where you can work and where you can plug in and where you can totally give yourself back 
to ministry efforts at 100%. You don't have anybody besides your family responsibilities, which you, which obviously are extremely important and, and uh, that uh, require your your commitment and, and uh, your presence. This serves as a great opportunity to really be able to plug in and lean into uh, ministry efforts and things that could use your expertise. What a gift that is. So you have to have, though, a financial advisor that's walking through that time period with you. You know, the I, I break it down this way. The first five to ten years that you're out from retirement is an extremely pressing time. It's what I call the pre-planning for retirement. And uh, it's there where you're building up to that point where you are exercising financial independence execution. I just came up with that today. Executing financial independence. It's not a one-stop shop type thing. It's not something you do only one time for for the entire retirement. Everything falls in place. It's just a different kind of planning. And uh, I know in this article, the writer's making assumptions that the financial advisors is not working for the client in retirement. I don't think a lot of that goes on. I mean, I think that there's, like in in anything, in in any industry, there are there are professionals who are completely committed to doing it the right way then there's people who are selling things and they're completely committed to make a commission and you see that all the time that's why it's it's very important that you do pick the right financial advisor to take you through the process because it doesn't end the day you declare financial independence or retirement you're just getting started and this is where it's important to have an estate plan completed and what you're doing with an estate plan, you're looking at, first of all, you're looking at what happens financially to my family in the event that something happens to me. And you, 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 do, you go through that project, whether it's the wife and, and the husband or the husband and the wife, whoever is bringing in the most income or who's not, or you want to go through and, and, and go through all uh, scenarios. You also want to go through the scenario of uh, if something happens to both of you at the same time, where will the, your assets and, and retirement money and all that, where will that be transferred to? Who will get that? What percentage will go to who? Those kinds of things. And uh, it's just a very important process that I see a lot of people kind of put off to the side and not go through. So I would greatly encourage you to do so. But it's, it's figuring out as far as expenses goes, okay, do my expenses, do my expenses go up or down? Are there additional taxes or less taxes? And uh, it's so very important from the standpoint of a financial advisor is to stay flexible and be ready for change because you can you can plan for all that and still things can change tomorrow and it's and I've, I've seen this happen way too many times and so it's it's important to be flexible and be there to make those changes you know uh, there it could be a situation where you've got to totally kind of start over and assess every aspect of what you were doing and now go through and adjust things to fit the new normal but it's something that's just very important to, to go through. You know, Social Security is at, at death really does kind of throw a wrench into things. 
And the way that that works is that you have Social Security payment A and you have Social Security payment B. And when this one, one spouse dies, the other spouse only gets the higher of the, of the two Social Security payments and one goes away. I've always had a real problem with that particular uh, aspect of Social Security. We'll cover that and more on the other side of the break. This is Bob Brooks. Stick around. We will be right back. Dynamic, practical, life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Hello, I'm John Monroe, and Friday on the Verdict, we're asking what it means to follow Christ. Jesus doesn't call perfect people. There's no such thing. Rather, he calls each one of us to be authentic and effective disciples for his kingdom. So what does it take to be an authentic follower of Christ? Listen and find out Friday on The Verdict. The Verdict, weekday mornings at 10.30, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Hi, my name is Bob Brooks, host of the Prudent Money Radio Show. So let me ask you a question. Do you know your numbers? Now, which numbers are those? They are your retirement numbers. That set of numbers is the single most important planning numbers you can know. Yet the majority of Americans don't even know them. Prudent Money Financial Services, sponsor of the Prudent Money Radio Show, specializes in figuring out those numbers and creating a game plan to make sure you're on the right track. Listen to the Prudent Money Radio Show weekdays at 3 p.m. on Bible School Radio 91.3. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. We're talking about retirement and what needs to happen after retirement to maintain the ability for the retiree to take money out of investments. Of course, you've got Social Security coming in, maybe a pension, maybe an annuity paying out money. But, of course, the main bulk of that probably is, not in all cases, but probably is in, in, in a lot, is how much money are you going to take? What percentage of money are you going to take? I started off talking about a pop culture finance article I came across uh, telling you why a 4% withdrawal rate, which according to the pop culture community is pretty much a standard piece of advice is not a bad idea and uh, that's how you manage your uh, your expenses by taking out four percent of your investments each year and uh, he says this is a bad idea well it's a bad idea is if is if you don't check it plan it and uh, review it every year and this is where a good financial advisor comes in to make sure that – and what the example that I gave before the break was if one spouse dies, how are you going to, how are you going to replace that, that Social Security stream that gets taken away from you? Remember, if, uh, if you have Social Security benefit A, Social Security benefit B – a pays more money than B, then you get A and B goes away. And I, like I, I started to say, I just have such a, a huge problem with that setup with Social Security. I mean, I think that you're leaving many, many, many people in a, in a bad place who are depending somewhat on Social Security to live. 
but uh, we'll, you know, we're going to see social, social security change quite a bit, but uh, not anytime. I don't think anytime soon. But uh, you know, I was talking about this with with a friend the other day. Is that social social security will be fixed and corrected on a on a short term basis? When I say short term basis, I mean to they'll put the, kind of put the bandaid on it for 15, 20, 25, 30 years and let it play out. Then they'll have to really start making big changes. But the the next president that wants to tackle that is going to look like a hero. They're not going to want big, big, big changes. They'll probably hit people up with higher incomes, of, uh, with higher payroll taxes and things like that. But uh, they'll be they will look like they're they're going to want to look like the president that saved Social Security, which is not true. To really save Social Security, they're not willing to do what has to be done. And I'm not so sure that that uh, that you have to go really completely drastic. But uh, the steps you need to take, they're not going to be willing to do. But at all times, you got to assess what's coming in, what's going to pay the bills, what the, what are the bills like for this year, and did they change from last year? You want to address and assess your risk profile. I know I talk a lot about risk profile, but I certainly do believe in that you just can't set a risk risk profile and let it go and not check it and not be a part of of uh, does it this the question does it make sense? So there's a lot going on pre uh, pre retirement planning four to five years uh, out from retirement planning. And then financial independence execution. I like that. Anyway, a lot for a, a financial advisor to be looking at and talking through with his clients. So, just a couple of things, his or her clients. Let's just uh, there's a couple of things to, uh, to to think about as far as how much you're taking out. And the other thing too is you certainly don't want to run out of money. And uh, it may be that you need to adjust things because you, what you were taking out with 4% now, maybe you're taking it out and then it's making more, more like 8 or 9% of what you have in investments. So very important to have your advisor on top of things and make sure that uh, everything is going as planned. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I also had uh, a, a uh, article, an email come in talking uh, talking about high interest rate credit card debt, and that they were, you know, looking at what are my options. So I, I responded back about the options, and the options, of course, aren't that great today. And they've never been great, but they've been somewhat better than they are today because interest rates are so high and uh, the, 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 the credit card companies are just taking advantage of the, of the situation. And so if you're sitting there with 20, 21, 22% interest rates on your credit cards, they're Unless you want to qualify, unless you do qualify for some kind of home equity loan or a personal loan that's a little bit cheaper, uh, you can't roll it to another credit card because you risk that. Uh, you risk going into a situation where your interest is higher than what you are right now. Even though you get that that uh, 10% free balance transfer where they charge you 3%, so it's really not free. 
So where do you go? Now I'm gonna I'm about to mention something that it would is probably not too popular in the financial advisor, uh, the financial advisor arena. However, it is a I think if you if you do it right, and that's that's the key to it. You've got to be able to do it right. You can um, perhaps make this work. So it's good to know the pros and the cons of borrowing money from your 401k plan. Now, I'm not suggesting to do that. I'm just suggesting that if you've got no options whatsoever, it's, it's the absolute last of all last resorts to take. But it actually, we're in an, in an, in where we are in a interest rate situation that it makes could make sense. So you're using a loan from your 401k to pay off the debt and to reduce your interest rates. Obviously, if they're charging the same types of interest rates, this isn't even an option, and it's only an option in, in the most extreme scenarios. Pro of a 401k plan loan is that it's a simple applica- application, simple process. There's no taxes or penalties, potentially lower interest rates, which we talked about. No impact on your credit report. There's two things that don't really get, that don't make your credit report. And it, it shocks me because I, I just think these are, these are definitely can be looked upon as signs of healthy credit situations or uh, negative credit situations, which is what you have a credit score to judge. But neither one of of your tax lib tax liabilities, anything with the IRS, or any money that you borrow from a retirement account, don't make your credit report, which is which is good. So you get this set up, no impact on your credit report, repay with payroll deductions. What is not to like? Well, first of all, the plan has got to allow for loans. That's, uh, of course, a a big uh, prerequisite. Without the program, you can't borrow anything. You have to remember that loans have limits, and I, I certainly wouldn't, I would resist going into this and borrowing up to the max that you can borrow. And certainly don't borrow more than you need to because you decided that, well, I need to reward myself for taking these. I've I've heard it all, believe me. There are strict repayment schedules. You, by the way, can't discharge 401k loans in bankruptcy. And everything's going great until you get laid off. Then once you get laid off, they are wanting you to pay that loan back within 60 days typically, but what ends up happening is you haven't found a job. You can't, even if you found a job, you you can't write a check for 50000 or whatever to pay the loan back. So they consider that loan as a distribution. If you are under the age of 59 and a half, then that is a 59 and a half, then that's a possibility Uh, you will obviously get a 10% penalty against what you take out in a distribution from uh, from the IRS. So 10% penalty plus you'll owe taxes on it. And that's all if 
you get laid off and you can't make the payments and they give you 60 days to make it right or they they cut you loose on that 401k loan and you owe quite a bit of taxes and it may be a situation where you, where you just don't even have you just you're in a situation where you just don't um, even have money to pay the taxes then you got an issue with the IRS it can get it can it can spiral out of control just know that so once again, not suggesting that you go out and do this. I'm just su- suggesting that it's, a, it's an idea of, that you can get creative. You can also get creative if, uh, if, once again, if the brokerage company, and most do, will allow you to, you can borrow money from a margin account. And that is a taxed account, not a retirement account, just a regular investment account that you can borrow money on the margin and pay yourself back with interest and and get that taken care of that way. So that's something else you could do. One thing I failed to mention, it's a big thing, is that when you pay back a 401k loan, you're paying it back with money that's already been taxed. And so you're using after-tax money to pay back into the into the 401k loan the money to pay off the uh, note. Once you get down, nobody separates out that in the in the pool of, of money so when you go to take that out at re- retirement you're going to pay taxes on it a second time so that's somewhat kind of a bummer and maybe that's it and that that factors in the overall cost of the money as well so things to remember uh, once again not an ideal situation with interest rates being what they are but uh, could be something that it makes sense but uh, obviously like anything else from a stewardship standpoint pray about it and see what uh, peace that you get. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do media next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money. Prudent.